Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Once again, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, so we're going to start things out here tonight. We've got uh, You've got an email you want to get to, but the calls have already come in, so we go to them. John is on the line in Illinois. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John, in Illinois, going once. John? Hello, can you hear me? John, yes. you're on the air. Oh, okay. Um, it's Jake. Well, Jake in Illinois. How's it going? Listen, uh, Mark and Ian, um, I can't let them talk to you. I've been listening to you on the <laughs> podcast. And I didn't know how to, I don't think I can get you here in Evanston, um, but uh, I have been listening to these podcasts, and I uh, feel like I know you guys. Well, we radio like we, does that. We feel like we know you too, Jay. No, that's not true. We don't know who you are. We don't know you from Adam. Uh, especially, especially Mark, because um, I went to the S training, and, I, and my wife went to the Landmark Forum. Okay. And I always enjoy you guys talking about that and oh, how, really? you know, how, how you say it's a cult, you know? Yeah. What uh, do you say, I, Jake? I always enjoy that. What do, what do you think about that, Jake? I you mean, think it's a cult? Oh, it's actually not a cult. No. Um, I, you know, I took the hardcore form, you know, the S that was, you know, it was a lot longer. Yes. And uh, I did that a long time ago. As, as you know, uh, Mark, That that, that uh, the S turned into the landmark form and it was shortened. But I can absolutely say it's the best thing that uh, I've ever done in my life. Wow. And I have no, you know, I have no axe to grind. I don't work for the organization. I haven't had anything to do with it since I, I took the training uh, back in 1974. So they didn't brainwash you to come in and uh, and clean their floors for them for free? <laughs> I'll tell you, it's an anti-brainwashing uh, thing. When you, you go through there... Uh, what you do is you find out how you're wired up, and and all the brainwashing stuff that you've been through is all a bunch of BS. I think, um, uh, Mark, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I'd have to I have to agree. I mean, I haven't been to a landmark thing in in at least two years, um, and the last thing I was at was just like an evening thing, just you know something to do. And what um, I liked what one guy told me about it, uh, what he said when we were I used to volunteer used to uh, what's the, what's the term? They have some term for uh, people. It's not volunteer. Right. It's, it's something else. It's another indicator of a cult when they have uh, their own unique terminology. Yeah. Well, yeah. very culty. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. They they say that uh, like what plumbers. <laughs> they're talking about things that they don't that people don't talk about on a very regular basis. So they have to name them. Yeah. So coming up with new names not culty. Um, however, I was doing the soundboard for them, and so I'd come in a little early and stay a little late, kind of thing. And as a result, I got the course for free, so I got compensated. Um, but anyway, I was talking to one guy, and he said, you know, it beats sitting home watching TV. Yeah, that's true. That's probably true. <laughs> there you go. It's better. Well, listen, call, uh, I, frame, uh, landmark they, they, Forum, I better than TV. I did for them uh, for free uh, when I got out of there, but it's primarily because there was a Playboy bunny that was working in the office. Oh, and, uh, this is the I other thing that I've... Uh, hold on, Jake. This is the other thing that I've always said about Landmark. And I women, don't know, lots of women. I don't know that I've been able to say this on air before, but uh, it's a great way for a guy to date up. Because the women are fantastic in those seminars. They're yep. unbelievable. They That's really where you are. met your Gorgeous, wife, right? Yes. Wonderful woman. Did you uh, meet your your wife at uh, the S training? No, you couldn't. No, have. no, I I, um, uh, I did not meet her there, but uh, I I did marry her, and then 
I suggested that she go to it, and she did go to it. I was there when you on the, the final day, and uh, it's she says it's the best thing that's happened to her, and our our relationship has improved because of it. And uh, I, I'm not pushing this. Thing. Yeah, I can't I, I, knock I'm, it. I mean, if people say they've been having good ex- uh, good experiences, I certainly can't knock that. Uh, all I can say is that the documentary that I saw exposing the organization was pretty eye-opening to me, and I think that the fact that they go after any of their critics with legal a- I legal that. action, I, I really think do. I, I, I really scummy. It's the, the the thing about the organization that I hate the most is that they'll go after detractors um, legally, and but you know they're they're not coming from the same point of view that we are. All they see is that somebody's out there slandering or libeling them or whatever, and they want to use some means to stop that. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. I think that slander and libel laws are wrong, but, you know, that's that's just my position on it. So, uh, were you calling about anything else tonight, or did you just want to well, talk about that? Um, well, sure. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to ask you guys, since this is the first time I'm calling, uh, what time uh, is your broadcast in the East? Eastern time, uh, that or you're you're in Illinois, so that's Central time. Right? I'm I'm in the Soviet Republic of Illinois, the most corrupt state in the Union. Central time, it's uh, six to nine o'clock at night, Monday through Saturday. You can get it online at uh, Free Talk. Six, six to nine Central. That's correct. Louisianans might have a little problem with your statement there, as the as the Illinois being the most corrupt state. I don't know, man. <laughs> Illinois well, there, is bad. There, there are competition. Yes. But listen, uh, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast that uh, that you guys were giving, and this gal came up, and she was concerned about the poor. This is always a thing that comes up with libertarians. They're concerned about the poor. How are the poor going to do this? And I was wondering if you happened to knew, uh, if you tuned into Rush Limbaugh, where he had um, Richard, Dr. Richard Williams on the show, which is a Walter much, Williams, who's much more libertarian than Rush Limbaugh. You, you mean Walter Williams? Yes. You are correct, sir. Yeah. Uh, Walter Williams. And he was giving the example, uh, you know, when he's talking about the poor and how people come up, what are you going to do about the poor? And he was giving the example, like, if you had, you know, a gal, a widow in the neighborhood, say her name's Mabel, and she, and she lives uh, next to Fred, and you got a committee together and said, well, well, Fred, look, uh, Mabel's been sick, uh, and she's down, she's, you know, she's older now, and she can't, you know, mow her lawn. So, Fred, we've got together and decided that, Fred, you're going to mow her lawn once a week. <laughs> and, um, and, then, and, then, and then they brought up the idea, well, you know, maybe Fred doesn't like that, you know, because it's, you know, sort of like slavery or, you know, it's, he's not getting reimbursed for this. So, so what, what, if, what, if, what if they said something like, well, Fred, okay, so you don't have to mow the lawn, but uh, you have to pay Mabel $40 a week so she can get someone to mow, mow her lawn, you know. And and he he went through this whole series, uh, you know, of, of exactly this type of procedure that the government's doing to a point where someone could actually understand why, you know, it, it's it's a criminal to force people to pay for other people's needs. Yeah, Walter Williams is a uh, pretty talented guy, and he's very, uh, as I understand it, very liberty-minded, very liberty-principled uh, kind of kind of guy. And so it's really a rare occasion when he sits in for Rush Limbaugh, and it's, I'm sure it's very, very nice to uh, to hear that coming over the radio on such a big, uh, big program like that. Any other comments, well, Jake? Well, yeah, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go on the website. I'm gonna sign up to be an amplifier Great. Uh, for Thanks, your Jake. program because I'm I'm impressed with uh, both of you guys. Well, thank you for doing that. And anybody else interested can go to amp.freetalklive.com. We look forward to hearing from you again. And thank you for the call tonight, Jake. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue to Canada. Justin is on the line. Hello, Justin. 
Justin in Canada. Hey, gentlemen. How's hey. it going? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, last night I went to the casino quickly um, for losing $20, which was a little foolish. But um, on my way back, I got um, went through a roadblock. Hmm. And I hadn't anything to drink or anything like that. But uh, they asked me for my license, and I don't have one. Well, so the, the reason, hold on, before you go on, uh, the reason that you uh, didn't have any, the reason that you lost twenty only $20 is because you didn't have anything to drink. They like to give away free drinks at casinos so that people lose even more. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So um, I, I don't have my license because up here it takes, uh, I think, three years to get your complete license because you have to go through the learner's process and then the new learner. Wow. Where is this? Canada. Wow. Canada, British Columbia. You have to uh, apply for your test. Right, you do the test, which is seventy-five dollars. Then you take the road test, which has to be, I think, twelve months away from when you got the learner's permit, so you have time to learn how to drive. And then after that, you have to wait another year, and then you can get rid of your N and get a full license. Hmm. So I, I was like, you know, I have a job, I have to drive. So I just bought a car and, and insured it under my mother's name. And so they asked me to pull over. And how, well, hold on a second. How long did you? How long ago did you learn how to drive? I mean, you when? Did, who taught you how to drive? Your mom? Uh, my father was a truck driver, so I was backing in like fifty-two foot trailers oh, when wow. I was like thirteen years old. Well, you've definitely got some experience. And hang on, we're going to bring you back and tell the rest of the story. Pulled over by the cops at a checkpoint, no license. We'll find out what happened here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. That Shrine freetalklive.com and have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved, well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org. It allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.org to get more info and get involved. That's cdevolution.org. As we go back to Canada, Justin, you're telling us that you're out driving, I guess it was home from work, and you were caught at some sort of DUI checkpoint. Turns out you don't have a Canadian driver's license uh, because, well, you didn't feel like getting one, right? That was pretty much the reason. It was just too bureaucratic of a process? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And you can drive just fine. As you were saying, your dad was a professional driver. He taught you how to uh, essentially back up full-size big rigs uh, and effectively uh, drive those cars. So there's no doubt that you have the ability to drive. Uh, You just don't have the government paperwork that says so. So you were stopped, and you were going to tell us the rest of your story. So go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Well, there were uh, about three other cars pulled over, and they they were all uh, under the influence of alcohol. So I Mm -hmm. thought I was pretty much the least of their problems. It, it, It was like I'm not endangering anyone myself. Yeah. So uh, he asked me if I had a valid license, and I said, well, actually, I don't. And uh, he said, all right, do you have registration? And I gave it to him, and he went back to the car, came back soon enough, and 
said that uh, I should just sit tight in my car and that I need someone to come pick up my car. Oh, geez. And I was like, okay, um, how do I get someone to come here and then drive my car home? Then they would leave their car home. I can't drive their car home. You need two he's people. Like, yeah, just, yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, I guess you would need two drivers or you can park the other car in front of yours. I said, but you said I can only park here for half an hour or else you'll tow it. So I ended up getting my mother to park at a, a nearby, like, Best Buy parking lot and then just walk across the highway and uh, ended up being able to drive me home. Mm. And uh, he gave me a ticket for $138 mm. for uh, not having a license. And uh, I was thinking, you know, what can I do about this exactly? Because I know people uh, have been on the show that have no license or they didn't renew their license when it came up. That's and, a good uh, question. Uh, what can you do about it? I mean, are you talking about the, the, what do you do about the situation of you not having a license in general, or what do you do about the ticket? Yeah, the ticket. Like, how do I combat it, really? I can't really dispute it, because it's not like I do have a license. Like, I just don't. Well, you could – I guess it depends on how far you want to go with this. I mean, you could sort of – uh, you're right. You certainly can't go to the government court and say, well, I don't have a license and I'm not going to get one. And so too bad, because uh, then they're going to probably put you in a jail cell if you don't want to pay them. Uh, yeah, find more fines like uh, driving without insurance, because if you drive without a license, your insurance is void. If you if you if you want to, you could look into the people that believe in the freedom to travel, the idea that uh, government cannot restrict your your right to to travel from point A to point B, and you could kind of study up on the the tactics that those people use, is essentially um, you know essentially standing uh, on principle and saying, well, look, you know, I'm not putting anybody in danger, and so I'm going to continue doing this. Uh, you don't have my consent. Uh, to to be governed, of course, you know that could end up that will end you up in a jail cell eventually. Anyway, I mean, all of those people that do the the right to travel activism that you've heard about, whether it's uh, carrying some sort of some sort of international driver's license or not carrying anything at all. I mean, there are a variety of different ways that it's been approached. Uh, Lauren Canario here in New Hampshire is a right to travel activist, and she has had her car impounded, and she has had uh, you know she's been I believe she's been arrested for that. So uh, you're looking at being arrested. I mean, any way you slice this, uh, if you don't pay the fine, you're probably going to go to jail. If you go and continue driving and they catch you again, they're probably going to take your car the next time instead of just being nice and letting somebody come and pick it up for you. So, I mean, pretty much if you want to go down this road, you're going to have to expect that you're going to go to jail. I'm just wondering if the same situation occurs if you just don't renew your license, because technically you still have a license, it's just not up to date. They, yeah, they so they ticket you for that too. I mean, you'd, you'd essentially get a ticket for not having a license, because to them that's not a license. It's expired, it's no longer valid to them. Oh. So, yeah. I mean, otherwise your only choice is to go through their system and maybe try to uh, reserve your rights when you sign their contracts. I don't know if that's going to do anything for you, uh, but it might actually get you the license. Uh, of course, as you said, it's a three-year-long period, so what do you do until then? How do you get to work? You need to have a car. So yeah. I guess it all depends on what kind of risk you want to take, really. 
<laughs> you could try oh, writing yeah. the the government bureaucrats, and you could try the approach. Um, if you, anytime you get a fine from a government bureaucrat, you can try writing them a letter that essentially says, "I'll be happy to pay your fine as soon as you show me proof of obligation." That you know, proof that I'm obligated to your system and obligated to your statutes and obligated to pay these traffic fines. Because if you don't have a license, it means you didn't sign any contracts with them. So they, they don't really have any way to prove that. Um, they probably won't be able to refute that letter that you send, but at the same time, odds are good they're not just going to cancel the fine and make it go away. So, I mean, you okay. always have to remember yep. you're dealing with people that are willing to use violence, and most of the time that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, the, the people that are driving with no driver's license, some of them claim that the cops back off on them when they, uh, when they find out who they are and they find out that they're willing to stand up against the system. They claim that they have some level of protection there. I don't know how effective that actually works out in reality. Nobody's really done a very good job of documenting their experiences. Usually when we hear those stories, it's just some random guy that calls in who claims that he doesn't drive with a license and he doesn't have his own website. He doesn't have any real stories uh, to yeah. tell. They usually claim they've only been doing it for a short time or they haven't gotten caught. Uh, uh, people like Robert Menard over at thinkfree.ca, uh, he talks about how you pretty much have to expect to go to jail, but if they arrest you for that, let's say you're driving around again in your car and you get pulled over again, this time you don't give them your name, they don't know your name because they don't have the license, you don't have a license, they have no way to identify you, there's a good chance they're going to confiscate you and confiscate your car, eventually they're probably going to let you out of jail, you may have to stay in there for a couple of weeks, who, know, who knows how long they'll keep you in, but if you go to jail and you don't process, then they still don't know who you are, and if they don't know who you are, they can't really charge you with anything. Yeah, they do know who you are. You're John Doe with the fingerprints that John Doe has. Oh, really? That's um, good enough? They'll charge a John Doe? Well, they, they've got your fingerprints. They don't need to know what your name is. Um, really? It, it, assuming he has never given his prints anywhere uh, along in life, they'll, you know, yeah. But then your car's impounded, and how do you get that out? Well, the, uh, the, the tow yard that has your car is going to demand money from you, so whether you pay the cops now or you pay the tow yard later, somebody's going to extract money from you. They're not not just going to let you waltz into their tow yard and drive your car out of there. So it's, I mean, and they might not even let you take the car out until you've taken care of the government paperwork side of things. I mean, this is a real... That's how, that's how it is. This is a real battle that you're looking at fighting here, and I, whatever you end up deciding, let us know, okay? All right, thank Thanks you. for the call, and good luck. 800-259-9231. It's, uh, it's a stand that I would only want to make around other activists who'd be willing to back me up, and I think that uh, New Hampshire would be the place to do that as part of the Free State Project. We can tell you more about that coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building, perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about there. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. 
Dots.com. And are you remodeling your kitchen or bathroom? Well, now you can purchase knobs and poles at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's Internobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs and poles at Internobs.com. Before we continue here with the phone calls, just a few more thoughts uh, for Justin in Canada, who was recently pulled over, didn't have a driver's license. They allowed him to call somebody to come out to pick up his car, and so he was able to walk away from that situation, which I think is a good thing. And they give him a ticket, and he's obviously not interested in paying. And we've had some success here uh, with people not paying tickets that they've been given and getting away with it here in New Hampshire. I mean, I mentioned the Free State Project. It's a group of activists, liberty, uh, liberty-minded activists, all moving together to the same geographic location, which happens to be New Hampshire, and getting active here in whatever ways they think is best. Now, a lot of people are doing politics and things like that, uh, but some people, a very, very small amount of people, are doing civil disobedience, and a very small, small amount of people are doing, like one or two, uh, are doing the right to travel disobedience. And as I was telling Justin, if you're going to do right-to-travel disobedience, you need to be prepared for one of two or two of two things to happen. One, losing your car permanently. Two, having your, yourself being put into a jail cell. Now, I think that number two is probably less likely initially. So, for instance, as we saw with Justin, he was pulled over. They let him call somebody. He got to go home. They gave him a ticket. Now, if he doesn't pay the ticket in the long run, that could result in some jail time. However, here in New Hampshire, one of the guys that we know was pulled over for driving without a uh, current registration. And they gave him a ticket, and they let him, apparently they let him drive away, I guess. Maybe because he had a license but just wasn't registered. I don't. I, so I'm not must sh- have, right? <laughs> right. Well, I'm not sure about all the subtleties of what the law says and and you know what the pen, the punishments are for these things. So I don't know if it's just violations or misdemeanors. It's or a good thing to with. be sure of these uh, things if you're going to do it. To to research them, sure. And so they let him go. He went to court. Basically, told the judge, "Hey, I'm not going to be your piggy bank." And it's my uh, it's my goal to increase your costs of enforcement, and which I judge... thought was a really really great thing to say. Yeah. yeah. And um, but up here at, in New Hampshire, um, I guess he's in Canada, so it's down here in New Hampshire where we yeah. have uh, where the Free State Project members have some weight in town. Um, it 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 holds more weight if you just say you're one guy. The judge is going to say, okay, you want to increase our cost of enforcement? All right, <laughs> see you later. Here, I'll, I'll I will too. Thirty days. Yeah. You know, so that's that's one of the advantages of being you know a member of the Free State Party. And it could have turned out that way, but it didn't. So that was that was nice. Uh, David, the activist in that case, was able to walk out of that courtroom that day with a what they called a suspended fine. So that means that he still was technically fined the money, but he didn't have to pay it unless he got caught for something else within the next 30 or 90 days or something like that. So it was a suspended fine. And so that was great news. He essentially is still to this day, has no current registration, though he's been uh, bicycling pretty much since then. Yeah, his car uh, broke down. His car broke down, as, that's as why. I understand. So, uh, so you got to be prepared. That's one of the, that seems to be one of the cur- the, the trends of the uh, right to travel folks that I have met. Now, I'm, I'm sure I haven't met uh, some of the people that have called in that claim to have been doing it for years, and mm-hmm. um, you know they have all kinds of jargon written on their uh, their vehicle because it's not a car for them. No, it's, it's not, not a vehicle. A, uh, whatever it is, their uh, their the automobile or yeah. I don't know steamship or whatever they call this thing. They, right. they write stuff on it <laughs> in order to protect it. Little voodoo incantations. But the ones that I have met. 
don't spend a lot of time driving cars. Yeah. Um, you know, Russell Canning, Lauren Canario, uh, David, those these folks, not, and David's not really a right-to-travel activist. He just wasn't registering his car, that's all. Right. And these folks aren't doing a lot of driving, so... You know, you gotta you gotta weigh these things and know what you're in for. Yep. So I would say be prepared to lose your car and uh, be prepared to to go to jail. I mean, if you're going to go down this road, I think it's a road worth going down for those who are ready for it. Uh, but I think that if if you're ready for it where you are, that's great. But I would feel a lot more comfortable if there were other people around who were backing me up. And I just don't know if you've got that up there in Canada. So we will continue here uh, with your calls and we'll talk to somebody in Candia, uh, Brian in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, hey, uh, good to talk to you. What's I, on your mind? I I uh, have uh, filled you in uh, and your listeners on uh, an incident we had here where uh, my uh, son Cooper got arrested for uh, not letting an SPCA uh, investigator onto the property. That's right. SPCA is some sort of uh, what's that stand for again? Animal the Society people. for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, I think. Right, and apparently and, up and, here and, they're and, able to be cops as well. Deputized. Yeah, so they, they, the guy claimed that there was a uh, there was a uh, citizen complaint uh, or or a concern from a citizen that uh, we didn't have appropriate shelter from our uh, for our horses that we have to have between uh, I don't know November first and March something I, I, whatever the dates are that, that it says in their rules but this is a mm-hmm. state law but apparently it's enforced and you know checked on by this uh, this cherry <laughs> at the SPCA so so uh, the, the guy came to the house and. Uh, uh, my son wouldn't let him on, and so Cooper got his camera out. The guy called the cop, and the cop uh, uh, knew he was being uh, videotaped and agreed. But halfway through the conversation, he told Cooper to turn the camera off. Cooper didn't turn the camera off. Next thing you know, he's headed downtown. Right, and they actually never ended up pressing charges. They uh, they swung him down to the police station, talk, gave him a stern talking to, uncuffed him, and let him walk home. Right. Well, uh, a new uh, the thing has happened in the last week or so. We've gotten little bits and pieces of information as we tell our other neighbors about what's happening around here. Mm-hmm. We found out who the snitch is. Really? Well, we don't know the, the name, uh, but we're uh, but it, it's it's a it's a woman who actually stopped by here, and uh, when we when we first moved the horses in, and uh, gave us her business card and told us that her husband. Guess what? Builds bars. Builds shelters. Uh-huh. Interesting. How disgusting. So it's a pretty good business for her snitching on the neighbors who have uh, horses and so, uh, not shelters yet. So she it? figured, so she saw you moving in, saw the horses, figured she'd come up, pretend like she was all neighborly. Oh, hi, I'm Mildred from down the street. Here's my husband's business card just in case you need a shelter built. And then later on, when you didn't get it built, she decided she'd uh, capitalize, hopefully, snitch you out, and then the cops would come, scare you guys into uh, you know needing to build a shelter all of a sudden, and you'd think, oh, well, Mildred's husband uh, built those i'll just hire him to do it well you didn't you brought a bunch of uh free staters out liberty activists out and they all helped you build it and so you obviously didn't hire him but man you might have i mean that that was a possibility and then can you imagine how awful you would feel if you'd paid that guy to do that job and then found out that it was her yeah we were Slimy. actually thinking about that yeah but uh you know, you know and, and that wasn't the end of it uh, uh there, I, there was another incident here in uh, my little town that the cops tased some guy who was having a uh, a, a diabetic uh uh, coma. Oh, it no. happens all and, the uh, time. Cops just hate diabetic comas because it, they're sure that it's drugs. They're just sure of it. I yeah. I know this is drugs. And so they tase them. Right. Yeah, well, what else are they going to do? That's all they know. So I went down and talked to the chief, who knows me pretty well by now. 
And uh, and he said, oh, by the way, you know, after we were done talking about that, oh, by the way, just, you know, to give you a heads up, uh, there was another, another uh, you know, an anonymous citizen called after the ice storm. They noticed that, you know, one of the, the sheds had a tree fall down through it. Jeez. <laughs> I said, okay, and, and by this time, she'd obviously known that we had uh, built the sheds without them, and so uh, made another call. Wow. So, you I know, she, you should write her a little by. letter. Hey, thanks for all your calls, but um, we're not going to have you build any barns ever. <laughs> yeah. Awful woman. Amazing. Yeah. So what are you planning on doing about it? Anything at all, or just kind of interesting that you figured out who it was? No, I, I just thought I just wanted to update you guys and uh, your listeners on uh, on the saga out here. Very uh, good, I just Brian. thought that was a, that was a, a pretty a pretty good fascist uh, in, uh, input here in my little town. Yeah, maybe a sign on the property letting people know, uh, you know, on your property letting people know that they have a snitch in their midst um, and who it is. Ooh, that would be nice. That's a good idea. Snitches. Thank, thank you, Brian, no for the call. No threats. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com, and if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we need your vote. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com, cast your vote for the show. It makes a difference for us because when we get your votes, it pushes up to the uh, pushes us up to the top of the podcast charts over at podcastalley.com. And, of course, being number one on the chart means more people will come across this show. Yep, Podcast Alley is still the, one of the number one refers to the show, um, and, you know, even if you've been voting for a year and it doesn't seem as important as it used to or you haven't voted in a while, the fact is Podcast Alley is referring a lot of people to Free Talk Live. Yep, it is. And uh, we're number one at the moment, but only by about 10 votes. So we still need to buffer our uh, our lead. We need to add more votes to the total. And it's a once-a-month thing. So we only ask you to do it, uh, to go and do it once a month. It's one easy way to show your appreciation for Free Talk Live, show your appreciation for the fact that we give everything away on our website. Uh, so please head over when you get a moment to vote.freetalklive.com. You'll only need your email address, and it will only take you, oh, I don't know, 40 Five seconds. It's no big deal. Vote.freetalklive.com. We continue with your calls to Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how you doing? Hey, Happy Steve. New Year. Hey, what's on your mind? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Indeed, uh, sir. Now, I was uh, raised in Monroe, Louisiana, and I graduated from Neville High School in 1982. And when you were talking to a guy from Illinois... He said, well, he said that the uh, competition was Louisiana for uh, Soviet Union. And I'm like, what's up with Louisiana? Well, um, the contention is is that... Uh, you said it was the most corrupt. Most corrupt, I think. Uh, he said the Soviet Socialist Republic or something of Illinois, the most corrupt state in the Union. And uh, I said that many people in Louisiana would disagree with him. Would you not disagree that Louisiana was a corrupt state? Uh, back in the day it was, but I think Bobby Jindal, which is the first Indian that actually was voted for the governor of the state of Louisiana, uh, kind of changes things a little bit. 
Well, I, you know, there may very well be a, a good governor that was voted in, but it's difficult for even a governor to uh, to go down and get rid of all the the payoffs and the back alley deals that uh, that uh, you know make a corrupt government a corrupt government. And I hear that uh, New Orleans is still a big mess. Well, government by its nature is inherently corrupt, uh, but what you're saying is that Louisiana is one of the worst. Uh, well, it, Louisiana Louisiana has two rules of law. They have the state law, and then they have the Napoleonic Code. Yes, it's different. It's different than the other states. Uh, that's what I what understand. Is, what does that mean, the Napoleonic Code? Well, the Napoleonic Code basically is, if you don't like what a state law is doing, and if you're a state legislature, or a governor like Edwin Edwards, or uh, Huey Long, um, you can actually use the Napoleonic Code as a loophole to get what you want. Hmm. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know how it really applies. Can you explain a little more? Well, it, it applies because if you don't like what's going on, if the state or the federal level says, you know, you've got to do this, then you can use your you can use the Napoleonic Code, which most lawyers know about in Louisiana, um, to circumvent uh, these rules or laws that are in effect and go around them. So, I mean, when you've got hmm. two rules of law going on, and the Napoleonic Code has been there forever and is still um, active, then basically you can do what you want to do. Interesting. Well, I mean, it seems like they do what they want anyway, wherever they are, the government people. And I could see how extra confusing that might be. I mean, one set of laws is bad enough. It's already impossible to read and understand those, let alone a secondary, uh, another set of laws uh, written on top of that. That's that's extra confusing. Right, right. Well... So I mean it's 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 fascinating, very unique for any. I mean none of the other states in the United States have this except for Louisiana, and I just find it totally fascinating that Louisiana can say, well, we don't like this, so we're going to use the Napoleonic Code to uh, as a loophole to circumvent uh, what we don't like. Interesting. I mean, it's just, I mean it's absolutely fantastic. You know, hmm. I don't think we're on down in Monroe at the moment, but... Uh, uh, well, I, thought, I thought you had a pirate station down there. No, we've got a full-time FM station down there. I just don't think they... Uh, I believe they do not pick up the first hour of the show, so unfortunately they aren't hearing this conversation. But I thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. Maybe next time we get somebody on the line from Louisiana, we'll ask them about that. Yeah, you know, my contention uh, would be only that uh, the most corrupt cities in, in the uh, United States of America are Chicago, Detroit, and New Orleans. You know, I don't know how New Orleans affects the rest of the state of Louisiana. I know that Louisiana has some very strange laws. Um, if in a criminal case you happen to be citing uh, case law from Louisiana, you know that you're at the very you're scraping the very bottom of the barrel if you're in the other states because well, Louisiana has some really strange laws comparatively in, in case law. Let's go to Ira listening in New Jersey. Ira, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, thanks for taking the call. What's on sure. your mind tonight, Ira? Uh, situation in the Middle East. Okay. Okay. What's going on? Israel, Palestine, pretty bad situation. Do you think it could deteriorate to uh, uh, directly or indirectly to an attack on Iran? I don't know. You've, I, I think you've got that in, in play every time that uh, Israel does anything that uh, uses force. The, 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 the entire region, it seems, hates uh, Israel, and I can sort of understand a little bit. I mean, I, uh, you know, the post, you know, World War II, the fall of the Ottoman Empire, they decided to institute Israel. The, the UN did, and and I can see why some people don't like that. But it's turned into sort of this bigotry that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, granted, Israel came about in what the 40s. Is that right? 
Ira? Yeah, late 40s. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, there are probably still people alive that would uh, be saying that, well, uh, this piece of property was mine. But I, it seems to me that uh, when I've been around uh, the Middle East, that you go to a lot of places that really are pretty gross. And then you go to Israel, where it looks like, you know, everything's really built up. And to me, homesteading, the, the owning of property, means that you build it up, not that you're, you know, nomadic sheep herders um, or whatever it is that, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the the folks were doing there. So, you know, and, and how do you return property to somebody who's dead, their ancestors? It, it makes it very difficult. And then when you start doing that to Israel, you would have to do that with Cuba. Um, you'd have to do that with the, the entire United States. Um, as a matter of fact, the whole American uh, two continents. It, you can't really return property to people that have had it forcibly taken from them. And I, it's a real mess that Middle Eastern thing, and I, I hope yeah. it doesn't deteriorate, but it, it, it always could. State, a Palestinian state would probably help. Didn't they do that with the, with Gaza? Well, they gave them some land, but apparently, you know, they didn't. They're kind of locked in there. You know, so, well, uh, I I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it would, but it seems to me that. Uh, you know, they, Israel doesn't like what uh, the Palestinians do, and the United States doesn't like what the Palestinians do. They can't do anything right. Unfortunately, all and when you say Israel and the United States, you mean the governments? The governments thereof. Governments, yeah. Yeah. Um, and but I think, it, I think a lot of a lot of the the Israeli public, a lot of the public probably does not support what's going on right now. So. Yeah, I don't think I don't imagine a lot of people like the idea of uh, violence and and war and bombs being dropped. Uh, I just don't well, think they, that's generally too popular of an idea. They were getting that though. I mean, uh, Hamas was shooting missiles at Israel, too. Yeah. What do you do when there's missiles falling from the yeah. sky? How do, you, how do you stop that? It's not really a police action anymore. Plus, Israel doesn't really have cops on the ground in Gaza. So, I mean, what, what are they supposed to do? I don't know. I don't, I don't either. Know. Thank it's, you for the call It's so tonight. difficult. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Dave, listening to WAIS in Ohio. Hello, Dave. Hey, guys. Two hey. things real quick. Yes, sir. I want to correct you. It's only New York City that has the police department. That's APSCA. What's APS what? The Animal Protection Society. The AS. The other ones, they have to call in the regular police, but in New York City, they can arrest you without calling in the regular police. Oh, the, SP- yeah. the ASPCA um, yeah. can do, can, uh, wow, do arrests amazing. on their own? Well, up here in New Hampshire, supposedly they're deputized, and I don't know if that's some kind of partial deputizing or a full deputizing. I don't either. But um, in, that's that's so up here in Second correct. Second point? And on New Year's Eve, I had partied, and the cops kept passing me, and I thought I would be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I guess. You lucked out. Good yep. deal. I'm glad you're still safe. And Dave, thanks yep. for the call tonight. All Good right. hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. Paula in Florida. Paula, you are on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Hi, hon. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy Same New to you, year. Paula. But anyway, there's something I wanted to talk to you about. I called a lot of the reps today. They knew nothing about this uh, constitutional um uh, you know, convention they're wanting to do. So, what and, do you think uh, that means? Does that mean that there's not going to be one, or that they're just I don't hiding know. something? They said uh, last night. They said they lack two states of having enough to get this done. So, we and hear. from what they want to do, they want to rewrite the whole constitution. You better believe they do. Yeah, but the thing is that you know there are some bad things that have been put there. But anyway, uh, 
the thing is, I mean, oh, you know, it'll we've be got much to, worse. It'll be well, much nobody worse. Nobody knows they what it. states are actually involved in this yet. Well, over time, if we hear more, we'll let you know. Paula, thanks for the yeah, call. Hour two some... is coming up. You can bring up anything. The Sakel CAI toll free line is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour two on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You, of course, can bring up anything. Otherwise, we talk about things that are interesting to us. And one of those things would be, Mark, you've got a couple things you wanted to get to tonight. One is market failure. The other is a response to Gene, the Christian anarchist. Take your choice. Well, I'll uh, take the market failure. Very good. Free market has failed. Um, uh, so so says who? Well, from James. Considering we don't have a free market, I, he's already wrong, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Ian, Mark, and Julia. Best show available. Thank you for your efforts. I'll get to the point and give you uh, one great example of how business doesn't always make the right decisions in lieu of making tons of money. Bear infects thousands with AIDS viruses and tainted blood. And I looked at the YouTube article and... Apparently, it was on uh, Scarborough Report or something like Somebody that. Somebody had called us about that. Wasn't it back in the 80s? When that yeah, happened? it was It was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these kind of things don't come to light immediately. Apparently, internal memos showed that they, in fact, knew or something like that, that the AIDS was in there, had enough information that it was, you know, there was some level of infection. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, and I don't know. Uh, precisely what the level of infection was. Apparently, they pulled them off the market in the United States, but then put it on the market in several other countries that uh, Japan was listed. I know that much. So, Dr. Mary Ruart's Healing Our World and Ian claim that business uh, that, a, that a business owner will do what's right because it's good for business, or else it will do um, it, it will harm the business. Sounds good. But wrong. Some humans that are heads of uh, corporations can affect the lives of those around them, constantly making greedy choices that harm others and businesses. Um, and business continues without any real problems. I don't know about the word constantly. I'd say for sure it happens sometimes, but I don't know if it's something that's happening every day. It, um, if if Bear made this decision, it was a very very bad decision. But. One doesn't know these things until much later. And, mm-hmm. you know, if if you do get an, a, 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 a disease like AIDS, you must be constantly guessing as to where you got it from, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could have been unprotected sex. And back in the 80s, or I'm sure that uh, plenty of people were doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Today, you, plenty of people are doing that. Yeah, but AIDS is going down in, in the United States. So, I mean, people are probably, uh, you know, protect, protection isn't probably as big of an issue to them. People still buy bare aspirin. People still buy oil and gasoline, even though oil companies are non-responsive to the pollution that they create and are killing the fishing environments for villagers in Africa. I'll spare you the list as there are many examples. As I am not for government interference by limiting commerce through legislation, I have no real answer to this problem. 
I personally do not ever knowingly choose. Well, that's good because the government's been around the whole time. Bayer and the gas companies have been here. Right. Um, and in the case of the uh, the oil companies in particular, they enjoy the, the protection of the governments and the, sure. these places and the government, you know, the, the governments essentially sanction whatever it is that they're doing. So it's not as good of an example. Mm-hmm. If in, in the case of, you know, polluting the ocean to the point that there's, you know, fish kills all over Africa, you can pretty easily um, find science to point that that's, you know, it's the oil companies doing that, and then they can be sued, and then there can be recompense made to the injured parties. That's if the property is privately owned. He's talking about uh, the, the the ocean, right? He's talking about areas of the Even ocean. Even dumping in regular water, if you know, we were in a more if we were in a more free market world and 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 had a, a more powerful tort system, you would still be able to use uh, the courts to sue somebody who was dumping in a, like a public area like water. Well, you could also homestead the water and make it private property too. That's another idea, but. I'm just saying, even if you didn't do that, because for for whatever reason, homesteading oceans seems to be difficult uh, to people to to get that idea, you know. So let me see if I understand what he's saying here. Uh, and the Bayer thing has come up before, and I forget. I think somebody called in to respond to it. And I don't recall what they had to say, unfortunately. But uh, if what he's saying is true, and that Bayer gave thousands of people HIV through a tainted product. It's awful. I mean, it's terrible news. Clearly, the government regulation didn't stop it, and I'm glad he's not calling for more government regulation, because what we see with government regulation, as he probably well knows, is that the regulations really exist to keep new competitors out of the business from bringing their innovation in and their new ideas to whatever the industry is. So whether it's your plumbers or whether it's uh, the aspirin manufacturers or gas companies, uh, the regulation just protects the existing industries, and it doesn't really do much to, uh, to to help anything. So I'm glad he's not calling for government James intervention. James wouldn't. He's a pretty good libertarian, and likely he would say that even the problems of the free market are superior to the problems of government. Yes, and that is definitely the case. I mean, the free market is, and I don't think we've ever sold it as utopia on this show. It's not, it, if we have a free market, it doesn't mean people won't get hurt. If we have a free market, it doesn't mean there won't be criminals around. And if we have a free market, it doesn't mean that society will be perfect. But what it does mean is that it is the best way for ma- uh, for mankind to interact with his fellow man. It's uh, it's the truly nonviolent consensual way for people to interact with one another, whereas what we have today is a a non-consensual system, a government based on coercion, and I think that's something worthy of moving towards. And if it's true that companies are doing naughty things, then in the free marketplace... You'll be free to spread information about those uh, those companies. You'll be free to boycott them and put up websites and uh, you know wave signs out in front of their offices and things like that. And and you can spread the word about all the bad things they're doing, and people can stop buying their products. And on that note, if you you'll be able to spread the word a lot easier if the news isn't ninety five percent about government and politicians and what's going on in their lives. That's true. I mean, look at what the news covers. Take your front page of your newspaper. Look at the uh, television news at nighttime. What are they talking about? Politicians. Right. They're talking about what uh, the politicians at state, local, and federal levels are doing. That's got to be the absolute bulk of news reporting in America. And so if news agencies didn't have these coercive state governments uh, and federal governments to report on, then they'd have to fill that space with something. So they'd probably be talking about consumer issues. They'd probably be talking about, you know, things buyers should be aware of and what companies are doing mean things. I never heard anything about this Bayer, and I 
I mean, I pay attention to the news on the internet. I, I this is the first I've heard of it. Well, it, and, and it's it's relatively new information. Um, you know, obviously it happened 20 years ago, so it's rel- it's new relative to that. And I, I think that it's it's clear that there's always going to be a lag time between uh, the crime that was committed by you know a company and and really this crime was committed by a, a man or a group a, a person or a group of persons. So um, there's going to be a lag time between the crime being committed and the you know uh, recompense being given. And sometimes it's going to be longer than others. In this case, the memos have come out, they've surfaced, and it's time now to sue Bear. To sue the people that made the decision, um, the ones that are living and and they need to they, they, those people need to pay for that. So I think that we're still talking about a, um, a you know a, a system that would work as far as uh, a more free market system. Those people need a, a good suing. There you go. And yeah. some of them, as far as I'm concerned, if their uh, decisions resulted in uh, imprisonment, well, they need to go to prison. It resulted in people dying. Excuse me. Then they need to go to prison. You understand? Makes sense to me. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Is there more? Right. Um, I Let's see. I personally do not ever knowingly choose a bear product, and I guarantee the, to you that they have never noticed. Now, what's your, true. Yeah, what's your response? Dr. Roark's book is good, but it's not the end all. At this point in history, her propositions are, um, are theories, and by looking at the corruption in commerce as well as government, she may want to rethink her position. Dastardly deeds don't guarantee the failure of a company. Look forward to your response, James Dillon. So what was the – I'm sorry, what was the last question? Well, um, what's the response? We've get our response. Yeah, our response is that, well, it's not perfect. I mean, the free market isn't perfect, but the government regulatory marketplace is much worse. Right. In, in a perfect world. So come up world, with some innovation as um, to how this could be solved. In a, in a perfect world, immediately upon someone committing a crime, they would be punished. And unfortunately, it's not. Sometimes there would be lag times. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the idea of somebody going after a criminal 20 years, 30 years after they've done something. But in this case, you're talking about thousands of people that were killed. I think that there's some kind of continuum there. I I, I don't know. I, it, it bothers me. And I think these people should pay for that crime. I uh, wonder what the marketplace would do in a situation like that. If we actually had a free market and people could... Uh, would, would we see a competitor of Bayer's come out and basically say, hey, we don't kill our customers, you should buy our aspirin instead? I mean, would that sell a few extra aspirin bottles? Probably not. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm just curious as to what innovations could come out uh, that could help solve this problem. More coming up. If you've got ideas, share them with us. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And the features on the site, by the way, include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience, totally free, freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. It is. I've done it myself. I did a uh, will over there. I guess it's probably been uh, a year now. And I just whipped right through it. They just ask you some questions. You you answer the questions, they fill out the form for you, and off you go. LegalZoom.com, you can, you can save $10 off your order, order with 
using the code FTL. That's LegalZoom.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Point of the show. Talk to Christina in Wisconsin. Christina, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening, Hi everyone. There. I'm calling to let you guys know it kind of falls into what you were talking about. A government re- regulation just doesn't work with unintended consequences. Mm. Um, it's not very sexy, but very soon the CPSIA goes into effect, which theoretically was to protect children. Have you guys heard of that I- one? I have not. CPSIA, what's it stand for? Um, the Children's Protection Importation something something. But oh, the boy. idea is is that it's to protect children's toys from being contaminated by lead. Oh, I did hear about this. Yeah. Isn't this really going to hurt the small toy uh, manufacturers? Exactly. Not even manufacturers. Folks who are doing it handmade, grandpas working in their garage selling at, you know, art fairs. Anybody, for everything you make, if you, I make stuffed animals, so Mm -hmm. if I make 10 different types of stuffed animals, I have to submit them to a government authorized lab to have them tested at between three to four thousand dollars for each item. What? Certify that it's not lead contaminated. It's a government lab that's doing the certification on top of everything else? I mean, is it, as though it wouldn't be bad enough that you mandatorily had to send it to underwriters' laboratories. It's a government organization that's doing this? Well, no, it's a, yeah, the lab has to be government certified. Oh, I you see. Have I'm to sorry. Go through, you, have to be, uh, you have to go through somebody that they approve of. Oh, my gosh. And, now, and this is going into effect very soon. Um, there's, there's still some doubt about when, but it's going to be either February 1st, March 1st, but very soon. So a lot of the independent toy makers around the U.S. are just really, you know, kind of waiting to find out, you know, how is this going to be enforced? What's going mm-hmm. to happen? It's just, it, it's, a, it's one of those, theoretically, people will sign up for it because everybody wants to protect the kids, but nobody thinks it through what the consequences are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it would put a lot of uh, companies out of business if they had to test every toy for at the to, to the tune of three thousand dollars and that's just where it starts it's, it's no problem it's, for mattel right it's going to go up from there but well, and as you said about free markets this is a great way for the fisher prices the mattels of the world to essentially you know keep their stranglehold on the market now, so you know a lot of homeschoolers buy specific types of toys that mm-hmm. are curriculum based mm-hmm. those are the small type of manufacturers or the home manufacturers that are going to be directly affected mm-hmm. by this cottage industry now um i i haven't read this law and uh, you you seem to know more about it than i do so i'll ask you this question is the law specifically say toys or can one call their toy you know this isn't no do this is not a this toy this is for adults this is a collecting <laughs> item this is an, a uh, a collectible for adults right this yeah. is a you know uh, I, I don't know you come up with some term that means uh, toy but isn't toy right and and that's what a lot of folks you know kind of in the toy world are talking about is because the law specifically states is any product intended for play for a child 12 years or under so the legitimate workaround to say, well, you know, your your thing is for kids or people 12 and over. Right. But, you know, great. So now we've got another law on the books that everyone just looks to subvert. And the intent, which is to protect children, you know, is completely out the window because the logic of it is that, well, who are these yabos who are, you know, sourcing everything to China in the first place? <laughs> so it's just it defies common sense. 
Well, the government regulations drove people to China in the first place. That's why manufacturers left America and moved to other countries, because of the incredibly heavy amounts of regulatory hoops that they had to jump through in order to continue doing business here. And so you're right. I mean, it was government regulations that drove the companies out first. Now they're manufacturing things in China, and you're saying that, well, things are kind of dangerous. And, of course, this, so, that, so the fact that uh, lead poison products even came into America was could, could be an unintended consequence of government's regulations that drove the companies out in the first place, and now they're putting on more government regulations to supposedly solve the problems that the earlier government regulations created. And this is a pattern that we see repeated over and over again. Government control creates unintended consequences, and then government says, well... Now we need to solve these problems. And they go and they create more new laws to supposedly solve the problems they originally created with their original laws in the first place. And, of course, then those just create more unintended consequences. And then government has more laws that it can write to supposedly solve whatever problems are coming next. And all in the meantime, businesses are ruined, lives are destroyed, and people like you are put into a very difficult position where you can't market the toys that you are, you're making in the way that you used to be able to market them. You have to jump through all kinds of legal hoops and change your packaging and do various different things in order to come under uh, under compliance with these new absurdities and it's absolutely and this is just another another example of how the you know, this hurts the economy as america we don't make anything anymore you can't just make money by waving it around and the the whole it, it's the old analogy it's the the statue of nebuchadnezzar you know you can have as many heads of gold but if the feet are clay the whole thing collapses so I just thought I'd want to let you guys know. Thank you for giving us the heads up on that, Christina. I appreciate the call. And and if you want to bring something up on this show, a lot of people send us emails to show prep, and I really appreciate that. We do use your emails. It's just we we don't get to them all. Uh, Because people call, and it's a show show about calls. Exactly. So so bringing up a topic like that is most effective by calling. I actually had an email about this, and I found it interesting, but it just didn't make it into the show prep uh, in the last few days. This is from The Consumerist, consumerist consumerist.com. Um, Thanks to big companies like Mattel, this may be the last Christmas season for a lot of handmade or custom toys from small businesses. Here's the problem summed up in an Etsy frequently asked questions from a woman who makes and sells puppets. Question. So with this new law going into effect for children's toys, does this mean your toys will no longer be suitable for children? Answer. Bingo. After February 10th, 2009, none of my toys will be suitable for children under the age of 12. Apparently, that's the date that they all get poisoned. Research the the CPSIA and write to your senator or congressman telling them they'll totally put me out of the business of selling children's toys she says dude i just can't afford the three thousand dollars to test my toys and according to the caller it's three thousand dollars per toy and that uh, seems unreasonably high <laughs> well it, i'm su- i'm surprised it's so low quite honestly really i mean yeah thousand dollars these big the big manufacturers would really like to put people out of business where are the home-based drug industry where is that it doesn't, it doesn't exist, exist because, because they have to go through a billion-dollar testing it's process. It's a billion-dollar testing process, and that's what they want. And, and that's what it's going to be at some point. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting. They wanted to, Two things are going to happen here. Either company's going to go out of business, uh, like this woman claims, or they're going to start uh, calling their toys for, uh, you know, people 13 and right. up. And then uh, when you have, you know, a, blocks, a set of blocks for people 13 and up, <laughs> then the, the government's going to start coming after those people. Oh, because it's false advertising or something? Treating them like criminals.
That's a good point. 800-259-9231. I've got a little more about this uh, new toy regulation that's coming into effect here uh, shortly, which could decimate some family businesses. 800-259-9231. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the wiki. We've got over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Just head over to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Dot com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com, and you can get interactive. The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. Summer break, too. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend the uh, summers. Uh, excuse me, the the seminars at the University of California in Santa Cruz, March seventh through the twelfth, or Emory University in jo- Atlanta, Georgia, March fourteenth through the nineteenth. Visit libertarianseminars.com for more information on both the, the spring break and the summer uh, seminars. That's libertarianseminars.com. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So we're talking about the CPSIA. Child protection, something, 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 whatever. Anyway, it's some new set of regulations from the government. Though your loving federal government always looking out to keep you safe. Uh, in this case, it was the lead scare from some of the Chinese products that were manufactured from Mattel uh, that spooked some people out about lead. And so because one company had one problem, they've now mandated that all people that are selling toys under to people under the age, children under the age of 12... Can we not worry about lead poisoning for children over the age of 13? Exactly. Well, they're, they're less likely to put things in their mouths. Um, so do 12 year olds put things in their mouths? Not really. They had to pick an age, right? They picked an age and that's what they went (laughs) after. And so what we're finding out here, as uh, Christina called us a few moments ago, we're finding out that these small toy manufacturers are going to have a real tough time, uh, getting their toys certified from this government bureaucracy because it's a $3,000 per toy certification cost. So the idea is, and I'm sure that's only scratching the surface of what this particular piece of legislation does. Uh, but so the idea would be that if you are a home toy manufacturer, it's your let's say it's your business or perhaps your hobby to manufacture children's toys, take it to a flea market or something like that, or take it to a local retailer and essentially sell it uh, kind of kind of like on a consignment basis or something. Maybe you're you're whittling uh, little wooden toys at home. Right. Uh, you would have to send your toy in to the federal government for approval prior to being able to actually sell it in the marketplace. And if what you're doing is just kind of a for fun uh, thing or you're just a very, very small business, $3,000, 
if you don't have a storefront, you don't have uh, already a, s- a significant amount of overhead, that's that's tremendous. This is an incredible amount of regulation, and that's just that one area. We've uh, we've yet to even scratch the surface of what the other things are that they're going to demand. There's a story over at Consumerist.com talking about some of the uh, the fallout from this. So what happened, asks the article. Well, after last year's spate of killer-led toys and their subsequent recalls, uh, recalls, the government stepped in with new legislation. Unfortunately, the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act that they passed says that manufacturers must now test for lead paint, and by February 10th, they must test for lead and certain chemicals anywhere in products made for children 12 and under. This means even small companies who say don't even use paint much less import from Chinese factories, will be required to shell out large sums of money to certify that their toys are safe. Right. Imagine you make a toy truck out of a block of wood with little wood wheels and don't paint it. Why in the world do you need certification for not having lead in your product? It's crazy. Because, well, they said somebody so. gets money. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that going to drive the price of toys up? Sure. I mean, $3,000 right per toy? you got to make up for that somewhere. According to uh, the economic theory, it will, would tend to drive up prices, not actually drive up prices. Well, if uh, if in, if costs increase, they are likely going to have to increase. I mean, they could take a tend. They could dip their profit. That's true. They could uh, cut into their profit a little bit, keep their prices where they are. But there's a good chance that the price of a Barbie doll could go up by one cent or something like that. I mean, for a company like Mattel, they can spread that price increase across thousands and thousands of products. Whereas an well, individual manufacturer who's just making it for fun or only manufacturing a handful of items uh, per month, you can't spread three thousand dollars acro- across a small amount of products. Also, Mattel, can, what they can do is uh, essentially uh, buy themselves a government-certified lab and thereby run their costs down significantly. And, Mattel and could buy their own lab, you mean? Th- they could either buy their, you know, buy or uh, make a deal with a lab that's mm-hmm. lucrative. So there's no there's no government rule that the test has to cost three thousand dollars per toy. They just have to have them tested. So if a lab says, if Mattel says, uh, makes a deal with the lab, says we'll send you some, you know, you'll have, you'll be on our short list here as long as you charge us only fifteen hundred. What if you're speculating? That Mark, means, hold on. What if you're? I believe you are speculating on the cost here. You're imagining that the three thousand dollar cost is sort of the industry standard for these testing labs, but it may be in fact a government mandated uh, fee. It may be some sort of uh, mandated thing in the law. Does it really cost three thousand dollars to test for lead? I, I feel like if you un- shopped around, you could get it a little cheaper. I, I couldn't tell you. That's what uh, we've with the information that we've been given. And well, I'd like to dig in here a little bit into the CPSIA and find out, you know, for sure where that number comes from because it's being thrown around a lot. Uh, Christina mentioned it. It's mentioned here on this particular blog entry over at Consumerist.com. Uh, the L.A. Times, by the way, has she might a, be mentioning it because she read that particular blog entry. On the there's consumers. a lot about this. I did a, a quick Google search, and there are a lot of articles uh, out there. If they don't change the law, we'd have to close our doors, said Nick Christensen, owner of the Little Sapling Toys in Eureka, California. We won't be able to afford the testing. His wooden rattles and building blocks, which retail for twenty to forty dollars, would cost at least fifteen hundred per model. Okay, there you go. They, they, there's a different number right there. Uh, would cost at least fifteen hundred dollars per model to test. He said because he makes twenty models. However, his testing bill would be at least $30,000. Christensen, who makes everything by hand, says the only things his products contain are wood and beeswax, and he's bitter about being forced to test them for lead. Other manufacturers say they've been quoted testing prices of $24,000 for a telescope, $1,100 for a wooden wagon, and $400 for cloth diapers, according to the Toy Alliance. Mm. The Handmade Toy Alliance says the law could be improved by exempting small businesses and by recognizing that certain manufacturing processes shouldn't require 
uh, lead paint testing. For instance, if your toys aren't painted or don't use plastic. If the law stays unchanged, however, and if the fees for testing don't suddenly drop dramatically, then come this February, you can expect either empty shelves in toy stores that specialize in handmade goods or an explosion in toy collectibles that are now labeled not made for children. And as you pointed, uh, you guys were pointing out, if they start selling these products that are obviously for children and they have labels on them that say they aren't for children, is there a possibility the government could come after those people? Like, hey, you're trying to subvert our process here. Clearly these are for, uh, for small children. This is false advertising. I don't doubt that at all. I, I really don't. I mean, that's one of the things that I speculated. If that becomes a big problem, they may just uh, have to certify what what age your toys for. They may start a new toy bureaucracy where they say, oh my "Okay, we're going to test it for lead, and we're going to approve a certain age bracket." You know, a rating or, system for toys. Or the next, uh, you know, the next thing comes along where a child does get lead poisoning from a collectible, and then uh, you know the witch hunt begins. Oh my gosh. Or or the person who allowed the child to uh, have the collectible child abuse prison time. Oh, yeah. The person who sold the, uh, the – they might do sting operations to make sure that people aren't selling to I – mean, even if it says for, for people 12 or older, if you bring your little right. child into the store, then that could be illegal. Kind of like when you go to the grocery store and you've got somebody who's uh, 17 with you, but you're 22. If you're buying alcohol, they card both people, and if one person's underage, they won't sell it to you. So maybe it would be kind of the same thing. If you walk into the toy store with your little 5-year-old next to you, they won't sell you the block set because, well, you know, the uh, the employee should know that that's going to be going to the five-year-old and not a 13-year-old. Right. So now your ki- kid can't go help pick out toys. Now, it's got to be difficult for parents <laughs> to, to figure out what... Uh, I know I went to the toy store and I wanted to pick things out. So now they yeah. wouldn't be able to go do that unless it's a mass-produced toy. That's a real problem. What if I go to the toy store and I say, you know, I want to get uh, something for my kid and I try to lead the uh, pimply-faced uh, t- store clerk into getting me something that is not... Uh, uh, you know, approved for children. And what if it, you know it's just a kid who wants to help out? He just, mm-hmm. you know he knows that these this collectible things just a, a, a sham anyway. So he leads me there, and then we arrest him. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Are you in business in the toy world? Is this going to affect you? You're welcome to comment on that or anything you want. This is Free Talk Live, toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by uh, shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Head on over to amazon.freetalklive.com and order whatever it is that you need for life. They have virtually everything. 41 categories in which you can shop, even used items uh, that you can purchase there at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And we'll get a percentage when you enter through that link. So it's really a great way to get the things that you need for life. Even groceries. They sell groceries now over there. And so many more. Uh, a lot of free super saver shipping as well. So you probably won't have to pay anything for shipping uh, on a lot of the items that you buy. There's really no reason to go shopping anywhere else. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You get stuff you need. We get a cut. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And one of the nice things about Amazon is they make it easy for small business owners to market their products on the Internet through the Amazon system, at least for now, until February 10th when these new rules are going to go into place, the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act. 
is going to be mandating that business owners, uh, the people that that run toy manufacturing companies, even the smallest of the small, will have to go and submit their products to very expensive uh, testing processes uh, before they can market their products. How are they going to enforce... I mean, when I was little, I used to go to a flea market all the time that they had in the city that I grew up in, mm-hmm. and there was pe- there were people selling toys there. If you just make toys on your own, I imagine a lot of people, A, don't hear about these laws, and I mean, what if you just That's do true. it anyway at a flea market? Or, or I guess you'd have to be ratted out, they otherwise could, yeah, you could be ratted out. More money for the government. Well, that's true. They might have, uh, they might pay the, the snitches uh, to rat you out. And flea markets are known for having government agents walking around them, sniffing out whether or not people are collecting sales tax. So it wouldn't really be too much of a uh, an extension from there to have those government agents essentially be working for the feds and also check toys to make sure they have certificates. Which I was reading this article here. The L.A. Times has some real, uh, some good detail on what this uh, particular act is going to entail. Uh, and apparently each toy is going to have to have a certificate included with it to show that it has been certified safe from lead so parents can feel better about themselves when they're buying toys. Uh, so there's no sign of an economic slowdown, says the L.A. Times, at Larry Mistyanik's toy factory in Compton. Worrying machines cut letters from the alphabet out of red, blue, and yellow slabs of wood, making long rows of the letter E. Across the room, men with air filter masks sand toddlers' chairs that are lined up in rows, as if expecting a convention of miniature leaders. The machines are so loud it's hard to hear the rows of tiny wooden music boxes playing a disjointed lullaby. But the bustle, bustle of activity belies what Mistyanik says is a real concern for his company, Tag Toys. A new federal regulation that took effect this week requires him to have all of his products tested for lead paint by an outside firm, and Mistyanik says that could wipe out his small profit, forcing him to raise prices. He says, I like the idea of safety, but this is just overreacting. He employs 45 people at his company, and the test for each of his 175 toys runs about $2,000 apiece, he said. That's a $350,000 hit to his bottom line, or close to what he makes in an annual profit. The testing is required under the Consumer Product Safety you know, Improvement uh, Act. Before you go any farther with this, if a company was being, you know, a company was uh, dastardly enough to use lead paint in their uh, in their items, couldn't they just submit something besides, you know, something that was painted with something else, and then paint and all their stuff the with lead paint? Yeah, they certainly could. I mean, it's, it's, so it's the the certification really is meaningless. Yeah, well, this, it means a lot I guess to. Uh... It certifies that somebody wouldn't make a mistake and accidentally yeah. uh, paint something with lead paint. But I think pretty everybody's pretty clear about lead paint these days. If they've ever bought a home, they know what a huge deal the government makes about lead paint disclosures of houses over the, uh, older than, I don't know, 20 years or something. The testing is required under the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act, which was passed in response to the massive recalls of toys containing lead and other dangerous substances. Manufacturers must now test for lead paint, and by February 10th, they must begin testing for lead and certain chemicals anywhere in products made for children 12 and under. Supporters, including Bobby Rush from Illinois, say the bill will help restore consumers' confidence in the toys they buy and prevent children from suffering lead poisoning. But many small domestic toy and clothing makers say the law could jeopardize their ability to just stay in business. A German company, Selecta, told recent, uh, recently told retailers it was pulling out of the United States market after evaluating the costs of complying with the law. So, if you'd been enjoying Selecta's products, well... You're going to have to somehow try to import them, I guess. I don't know what that I don't know how this will apply to importing. Maybe they just won't even sell to people in the United States anymore. 
Looks like you're screwed there. Uh, thousands of others are waiting and holding their breath and hoping for amendments, said Julia Chen, spokeswoman for the Handmade Toy Alliance, a trade group seeking changes in the rules. Uh, so that's probably the reason the t- trade group came around in the first place. The manufacturers say they've been uh, they've never been forced to recall a toy and believe they're being punished for other companies' lax standards abroad. Exactly, that's what the government does. Yeah, and when one when one person screws up, everybody gets punished for it. Last year's recalls, and all the consumers are punished as well because they have to pay higher prices as a result. And that, and these companies, if companies are pulling out of the marketplace and just closing their doors, then that means there's less competition, uh, and that can usually result in higher prices if there's just not as much competition in the marketplace. Last year's recalls were for toys manufactured overseas for big companies like Mattel, Incorporated. We're steadfast believers in U.S. manufacturing, said Ms. Janik, so why should we have to suffer because Mattel wants to do work in China? Many of the businesses affected by the law were created to make better, safer toys than those available at chain retailers such as Walmart stores. Now, I don't have any way to verify this, but I believe it is true that Walmart instituted their own testing policy after this story broke big. After the news came out about the lead poisoning, Walmart instituted a new policy to ensure that the products that were being marketed at its stores were safe. That makes sense to me. So the marketplace already responded long before the government was able to, to help protect consumers. And it did it on a voluntary basis, but now the government has come in and is going to mandate that everybody play the same game. Uh, So according to this... The toy, one of the toy makers uh, founded the Handmade Toy Alliance, uh, Dan Marshall. The new testing rules are being phased in. By February 10th, children's products must be accompanied by a manufacturer's certificate that says they do not contain lead or phthalates, which are chemicals used to soften plastic. On February 15th, children's products will have to be tested by a third party to ensure they don't have small parts that could easily be broken off and swallowed. So they'll be needing to be tested for that, too, apparently. Uh, apparently, our court system isn't good enough to handle that. It seems to me that... Uh, the know, liability issues? Yeah, the liability issue would be enough that a company would be very careful on that and, uh, you know, recommend the right ages for parents. And if they didn't, that, well, a, a jury of their peers could judge them. I'm not saying that I think a jury of their peers is the best form of judging out there, but it's what we've got, and I think that that's a good enough system. Hey, Mark, I know you've got a, a young nine-month-old at home. I don't know if you have a walker for him yet, but if you haven't bought that, you might want to. They're going to have to start testing bouncers and walkers in June. Already got it. Uh, In March, children's jewelry will be required to submit to third-party tests. So children's jewelry now going to be uh, having to be tested as well. What kind of jewelry do children... There's children's jewelry out there. Like the plastic stuff? Whatever is children's jewelry will have to be tested. Okay. Retailers could also be hurt by the new law. According to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, stores would not be allowed to sell inventory after February 10th that had not been tested for lead content. That means if the products are made out of natural materials but have not been tested, they'll have to be pulled from the shelves. It's a a huge blow to retailers who are confused by the law and are already hurting in a slow economy. The owner of Treehouse in the Glen, an eco-friendly San Jose store that opened four months ago and sells toys made out of natural materials, says, It's going to be illegal for me to sell a lot of the stuff that I have in my store. She says her suppliers are going to raise their toy prices, which are already high compared with the cost of toys made in factories overseas. She fears she'll have to close her shop down. Her dreams of selling locally made, uh, locally made handcrafted toys thwarted yeah. by the mistakes of companies overseas. Well, it's not necessarily them. It's the fact that the government does this crap. The government has thwarted people's dreams. The government is destroying people's businesses. And they don't care. 
It doesn't. It doesn't affect their bottom line. No, they go to sleep. You know, these government agents are going to sleep thinking, "Oh, this isn't great. We're protecting children. I'm a hero." They're putting people out of work is what they're doing. The Toy Alliance is hoping to get Congress to revise the law to exempt manufacturers who make children's items exclusively using natural products such as wood or cotton, or to allow them to test those raw materials instead of the finished products. So if you're making 27 different toys, all from the same pieces of wood, then why can't you just test the original material? Right. Uh, well, that, that's, that's great and everything, but what if I make uh, w- wooden toys and then paint them? What if that's yeah. my business? I know that I'm not using lead paint. I don't need you people. I don't, I, obviously, there's no thalamides in there. I'm not making plastic. I, why do I need to be t- You're right. I mean, they're just begging, Mark. I mean, th- these are just essentially the serfs are just begging to be exempted from this new law. Well, and that's what all they, they can do, really. W- well, they could disobey. Uh, how? But, uh, how could a manufacturer disobey? Well, if you're going to go out of business anyway, you might as well just continue making them as, as is. Well, you could do that, but then nobody's going to buy them, right? Don't count on that, said Sharon Jenkins, spokes bureaucrat for the congressman who put the bill forth. Here's what she had to say to these beggars. Nobody likes to tighten up, she said, but the law is the law, and the standards aren't going to be changed. So F you, independent toy manufacturers. That's what they're saying. Good luck doing your business now, because you're screwed. Hour 3's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Boy, we sure need government, don't we? Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. We're launching here in hour number three, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We dive right back into your phone calls. Joseph is on the line in Texas. Hello, Joseph. You're on Free Talk Live. Well, Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I wanted to bring up Electromagnetic field, EMF, hmm. uh, well, which I would probably know next to nothing about except uh, where I worked at. They worked me for about six months right next to power lines, and I didn't think nothing of it until I started getting sick. And, I mean, I really got to being sick to fear, and I wouldn't live till morning. Now, when you say you were right next to power lines, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I shamefully worked for the Texas Penitentiary. I've, uh, I tried to expose a bunch of their filth, perversion, and corruption, you know, that I believed was going on continuously. And I think they was being vengeful by, you know, putting me there where it was harming my health. Well, hold on a second. I'm, I'm still curious about I mean, I, I see what you're okay. alleging here. You're alleging that somehow the uh, uh, you know, the 60 hertz field from the power lines or 120 hertz or whatever it is, uh, it was it was somehow damaging you. How far were you away from the power lines? Well, okay, while you were I went to talk to a doctor afterwards, and that doctor made a comment. Well, all you got to do is reach out there with your shotgun and touch the wire and kill yourself. If that'll give you so a general idea, how the far- tickets are elevated. The what? About the same height as the power line, and they run right. Wait, what's very, elevated? Very I'm sorry. Picket. Pickets? Isn't that the tower that the guards are in? Yes. Okay, I'm still confused. You were working in a, in a guard tower, is the idea, at a, at a jail, yes. and the, the power lines were right next to it? Yes. Okay, and you're saying that being close to power lines uh, created a problem with your health. So, Correct. 
So, uh, okay, and how close are we talking about here? You're actually in the uh, the tower. How far outside of the tower were the lines? Well, I honestly believe what that doctor said was true. I could have probably reached out there with a shotgun and touched the wire. Okay. So, Somewhere, you know, very so, close. So why is it that uh, that linemen are they're you know they're doing all right? Why is it people are able to get well, jobs okay, as, as linemen? That's kind of a inter- a good comment for one thing. Yeah. EMF allegedly affects different people differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking to somebody said uh, from what he told me, they've got clothing that can, to a certain extent, protect you from it. But then again, you know, I was right there, say, eight hours a day, every work day for over six months. And allegedly that EMF accumulates in your body. And like I said, I really started getting very sick. What kind of sickness are we talking about here? Uh, Okay, well, it's a massive amount of stuff that can, you know, from what I've studied, it can't call. With me, I was getting rashes, uh... Some folks cause severe headaches, but I never really experienced much of that. Uh, blood pressure skyrocketed. Heart just went to racing like crazy. Hmm. I got uh, a cough, an extremely severe cough, that it just scares me to thought of getting such a thing again. Now how long did it take for all these to develop? I mean, how long after you started working in the tower? Well, then? like I said, it was, i say, Hmm. Oh, don't think too hard now. That's about six months. About six months. Hmm. And, and then it got to where, say we work six on, three off. At first, about the sixth day, I would start feeling bad. But I'd normally be over it in the morning. Wouldn't think nothing of it. But then it got to where it was taking less and less time for me, physically, I mean, start feeling sick. Now, um... And, uh... You know, I've, I've done a bunch of study and research on it. Like I said, there's one day I called and told them they'd have to send somebody and relieve me so I could go to the house because I was afraid if I stayed up much longer, I was going to be so dizzy I wouldn't be able to get myself to the house. Now, um, yeah. how many pickets were there at this prison? Uh, eight. Eight pickets. Now, did they not rotate the guards through the pickets throughout the night? Uh, or? They are allegedly, by policy, required to. But they didn't. But, you know, I could, you know, I, I, there's not a doubt in my mind I'd go to court and prove it's their policy to violate policy. Okay. Now, um, was it just one of the pickets that was this close to the uh, power line? I mean, it would seem. Oh, no, there's two that are okay. not that close. So um, they, they should have rotated okay, you through. Okay, all right. Let me back up a little bit more, too. Plus, they just fairly recently put bigger lines at the back of the unit. So are, what are you planning on doing about this? I mean, I don't know if there's any truth to this particular phenomenon, but you certainly believe in it, and I don't doubt that you're having problems. I'm not sure if that's where they came from or not, yeah. but what are you planning on doing about this? I mean, well, can you one thing I've done a tremendous amount of study and research, mm-hmm. allegedly there was a major, co- a, a massive court, well, I say a massive, I don't, you, you know, if you give me the globe, that ain't going to buy back a bit of my health. But what I'm getting at, I think there was somebody won over $20 million in California uh, alleging that cell phones caused brain tumors. Now, what good is $20 million going to do when you're dying? 
Well, not too much. That's another alternative. One of the the reasons for being able to sue so massively is to cause a change. Yeah. And so if enough people start doing this, but then again, you know, like I said, from what I've studied and researched, everybody's welcome to go online and study, find out whether or not I was lying or whether or not they want to believe me. Uh, it causes birth defects. It alters your DNA. Uh, it might show up in your offspring. Your third gen might not show up to your third generation due to due to the effect it's had on you. That you know, from what all I've studied and researched, it is massive more than you know. I'm sure a lot of it is uh, is very speculative. I imagine there aren't very many uh, cases out there, but really, I don't know. I haven't done the research in it, so I, you're I've thinking maybe you for could, you, but I don't know. You're thinking maybe you could sue the jail, basically. You could sue your former employer for putting you uh, that close to power lines. Well, that's my end. That is to a certain extent my intent. I plan on going to Austin and trying to raise the biggest stake as I can. I've, I, you know, I've tried raising the big stake here, and it hasn't gotten me anywhere. Yeah. I guess you're going to need to hire a lawyer or something. I've gone to advise, you know, named several lawyers he thought could go to bat for him, and he just can't fathom why none of them are. So the lawyers are not taking your case, is what you're saying? Correct. And is that because you're going up against the government and they just don't want to take them on? Is that the idea? I is confident that is what it is, and one of them hmm. uh, more or less stated, you know, it's going to cost massive sums of money. What you from what I've studied, I've been yeah. studying law off and on quite a bit. And if, you know, I can see what uh, she was stating as far as you know to get all these proof. Yeah. So basically, they are uh, you know the lawyers don't want to take it on on a pro bono basis. It's going to cost you lawyers fees number one just to even get the process started. Then, as you're saying, in order to somehow prove that it was indeed the power lines that caused this problem, that could be pretty tricky. Uh, so I I wish you the best of luck, Joseph, and I thank you for the call. I don't know what else to I don't know what else to say. I mean, I don't know how true that is. I don't know if there's any scientific truth to it. I'm sure there are plenty of uh, websites out there, and, and I imagine a number of them are a little crackpot. Uh, suggesting that, that that could be true, but maybe it is true. Who knows? Maybe getting close to a big old power line like that does put your health in jeopardy to some extent. Well, getting I close to a power line certainly does uh, get you uh, jeopardize your health. But Isn't there a way that you can hold a light bulb up by power lines and, and have it light up all by itself? I've heard something like Isn't that before. Isn't there a way you can do that? So I, obviously I can't say I'm an expert in this, but yeah. it, it, it seems... It, if the if the danger's there, it seems like being close to one for a long period of time is where that danger would be. And that's what he was saying, he was working there eight hours a day. Yeah, right and next to then one. being in the same picket or the you know, if he got moved once in the evening to the other one, it just seems like um, you know, he wouldn't be in that same picket all the time or that he could request not to to have been there and that kind of thing. Like there would have been some uh, you know, why is it that he was always in that same uh, guard shack? I don't know, but I get, I don't know if that's really the issue. That he said they were breaking their own rules, which isn't a surprise, right? Government doesn't follow its own rules. Big one, no. uh, and will he have any success at this? It doesn't sound like anybody wants to take his case. Is that because they don't believe what he believes? Is that because that they don't believe there is any legitimacy to it, or are they just you know it's too financially difficult to to ascertain these things? I don't know. And if you know more about uh, power line safety, maybe your alignment, maybe you work all day long around these things. Of course, he got out of that objection by saying, well, it affects different people in different ways, which may be true as well. I don't know. I'm certainly no scientist and definitely not a health expert. Your thoughts, if you know something more than we do, 800-259-9231. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL C-A-I. As we continue here with your phone calls, Dana is on the line in Texas. Ladies first on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dana. Hi, guys. Hi there. Hi, guys. Hey, How are y'all? You're on the air. What's on your mind? Well, what's going on on your New Year? Oh, well, we're just having a good time doing radio, as we always are. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Well, the gentleman that just called a while ago, about, he was a line worker. Yeah. At Actually, he was working yeah. at a jail uh, in a guard tower, which apparently had some power lines going right nearby right. it, and he alleges that he was made sick by working in close proximity to the power lines. Right. right. Uh, he mentioned several things that can occur health-wise as far as sick- sicknesses, illnesses, including DNA damage. It, there has been many studies in the last 40 years, especially... Uh, in big metropolitan areas about people living around big power lines that carry these lines across the cities. And I think you know what I'm talking about, these huge monster things that are stuck out on the edge of cities, you know, yeah, they... that residential people still live within a short distance from or right under them. And they have proven that it can, in some cases, cause cancers, including leukemias. Now, what he needs to try to find out on the Internet or something is a, because attorneys, for financial reasons, they don't want to take these on individually. They need class action suits because it will bankrupt them because you're dealing with deep pockets when you deal with any level of government. Mm. And when you get into that monstrosity of unlimited funds, it will where are the people down? They will die before the suit ever makes it to court. It's just a very difficult thing to do. To do. Hmm. And he can find information more about this or maybe have someone that has some legal knowledge in his family or has come to research this. And there may be a class action suit still in the, the midst of stuff of suits that are going on. But it has been proven. I know when I was diagnosed with bone marrow leukemia with DNA, two chromosomes were broke, and it's called Philadelphia chromosome positive. And when I was diagnosed with that on June 1st in 99, since then, before my transplant a year later, I had multi-medical people ask me if I'd ever lived around these big high-line power um, T things, you know, the ones that I was talking about that carry the electrical wires across the The big metal city. ones, yeah. Huh. Yeah, and I have never lived around big power lines. But by that question, there is still within the medical community, be it if they're trying to cover it up and deny it, there is still at the top of the list that high potential for bone marrow leukemias with Philadelphia chromosome, which is chromosome 9 and 22, 
have broken and the broke piece is translocated to the office. So, Dana, you're saying if this guy wants to... Guys, listen, it takes a hell of a hit to break chromosomes in your body. Ionized radiation will do it. I mean, they studied this from Hiroshima and Nagasaki when they first learned about bone marrow leukemia. So you're saying, Dana, that if this gentleman wants to have a chance, he needs to find some other people that he could get together and do a class action suit, or he has to all of a sudden find a bunch of money with which to hire a lawyer who's actually willing to take this on. It sounds pretty unlikely, and I, I, I don't know how you go about finding more people that have a very unusual condition like this, because I doubt very many people work in, a, in similar circumstances as he has done. So I... I thank you for the advice. We've got some other calls here, and we're going to take them also. Apparently, other people thank want to you, talk about this. Thanks, Dana. Let's talk to Tom in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Yeah, Tom, can you hear me? You're on the air. What's on your mind? Okay, uh, the same as that lady. I, I Googled it right away as soon as, as soon as I heard him say that. And uh, the University of Albany in New York, August 31st, says that it has a report. I just All I did was Google health risk. Uh, to overexposure of power lines, and it came up with the first one. And just like your other caller was saying, it was leukemia. But, you know, the main thing is, is how do you present the case? Now, if you can go online, print a whole lot of things out, go to a lawyer, and, and if they're going to look at dollar signs. And then I know I understand what she's saying about a class action suit, but, if it, I mean, you the first one of any suit is going to win anyhow if they present their case to the lawyer to make him it's almost you almost have to sell it so you're saying instead of just going into a lawyer and saying hey power lines made me sick you're saying go in if this albany study really is a scientific study and it really does show the power lines are somehow dangerous uh, in some cases to some people then go in with the studies and show that to the lawyer and say hey look you know this might be a pretty ironclad case if you've got science behind you and i don't know if you do or not obviously we're taking your word for it uh, and this is just one study. It might not have been corroborated yet. But if you've got something that seems legitimate, take that in to try to really pitch your case to them. And you're right. Lawyers do see money. And if they feel like they can cash in on this uh, in a big way, then they might actually take the case. It's a decent suggestion. Any other thoughts, Tom? Uh, no, that was it. Uh, and, you know, they... I mean, cell phones and everything else are doing it to us, and I mean, it's going to be hard. No, for him there's to no have... real evidence of that. I mean, the cell phone claim, I, I didn't, I didn't deny it when he made it earlier, but uh, that's something that has been being debated for a long time. And what you're talking right. about with a cell phone is you're talking about a very small amount of wattage uh, as compared to what might be going through something like uh, a power line, for instance. So uh, I, I, there's just no real evidence that cell phones cause any any damage to anybody, uh, and obviously the cell phone companies have a real financial interest in, in proving that there's no uh, that there's no damage, uh, and certainly a lot of people believe that there is damage, but nothing conclusive has come out yet about cell phones uh, causing anybody. Well, I'm anybody's a believer sickness. in vitamins. I take selenium. I was uh, I worked around electromagnetics for about ten years. And that was enough. I'm like, I'm going to take the selenium just to be safe. And uh, for the lady that had the the bone leukemia, I'll keep her in my prayers. Thanks, Tom, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. I'm a believer in vitamins, too. I uh, take them on a regular basis. My wife has a, just a whole bevy of them. She can mm-hmm. poison me anytime she wants. I don't even, I don't even pay attention anymore. Yeah. Because she's, Here, take she's, these. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy this arsenic. Um, but... <laughs> You know, I I worked under uh, radio towers for years myself, and I, I never ha- experienced anything from it. And th- the fact is, lots and lots of people do. Most radio stations are under radio towers, if not most of them. A great deal of them are. 
Right. It's under just, very powerful radio towers. Right. I mean, it's hard. You can't jump down somebody's throat who's sick and believes that they have a sickness from something. But Joseph, who called earlier, said that he believes he was made sick by working in close proximity to, to power lines. Now, I have no idea. A power line might be something different. I, I, I wouldn't propose to know simply because I worked under a radio tower. But, of course, when I said that, well, there are a lot of people that are linemen for, you know, profession, this is what they do. He said, well, I work there eight hours, eight hours a day, and this affects people differently. And if it does affect different people differently, that might make it that much more difficult to prove that this really is a problem. So if what he's saying is true, it could be a real difficult situation to resolve. And I feel sorry for the guy if that's uh, if that's the case. What do you do in that particular case? You just go on hurting? It's tough. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want just by dialing the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. That again, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. And the features there include live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all for free for you. Head over to freetalklive.com. Actually, you can go specifically to listen.freetalklive.com and get right to the streams. Do you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be more secure? Privacyharbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, and it's guaranteed. Privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can go over there to privacyharbor.com and get yourself a free account today. That's privacyharbor.com. To the amp lines, we talked to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? There's a lady here, too. Uh, oh, good evening, uh, Julia. How are Hello. you? Hello. Great. Um, I just wanted to make a point. Um, this gentleman who called earlier tonight and was talking about... Uh, a lawsuit against his against the um, the prison system, I guess, mm-hmm. for uh, putting him in a in a precarious position. Now, even if he could uh, prove his point that these people and he and to me, he would have to prove that they did this in a negligent and maybe even a in uh, uh, um, on purpose to hurt him. Um, in order to to succeed in his lawsuit, why is even that? Even if he won, well, I mean, don't, don't because you think... the, even if it's, even if the wires are, are are hurting him, if they didn't know it was hurting him, they didn't have the intention to hurt him. Is it wrong for them to put him in that position? If if somebody is that negligence? If well, um, if somebody backs into my car um, and they didn't mean to, I still think they should pay for the car. I think that uh, to some, I mean, you know, maybe not punitive damages, but it seems to me that yes, if he's working for the prison and the prison placed him um, in these guard towers and didn't follow the little rules to rotate the guard guards through the towers because they failed to do that, only uh, uh, two of the the four, or excuse me, the eight uh, guard towers were closed 
close to these wires. And if they failed to rotate him, likely his uh, health would have been better. And it seems to me that, if nothing else, they were negligent of following their own rules. He might have a case there, but... But, yeah, I, I still think that just being there, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> You're not okay, supposed to build things too close to power lines, period. Even if, even if, they, even if he proves that, and, and he won the case, who's going to end up paying for it? Well, the taxpayers will. Exactly. So um, anybody in the state, I guess, or, or would this be a uh, federal? If it's the state, then the people of that state are paying for them. And, so the and persons who are, who are doing the wrong are actually not being punished. Understood, but um, that's that's a problem with our legal system. Uh, you know that the uh, the fact that uh, government uh, you know government uh, agents and employees have sovereign immunity. I don't think that a person who has been harmed while working for the government should be should should not get money simply because well it'll it'll take tax money from all of us. I think that what we should do is you know actually you know make it so the prisons are uh, you know privatized and you know not the way they're doing it today, but you know you'll. I'll tell you. I'll talk to talk some other time about privatizing prisons, but um, you know, privatizing uh, the, these organizations, and then uh, you know, they those organizations will be responsible. Well, and he said he wanted uh, the problem to be solved. He also made it sound like he was interested in in preventing this from happening to others. So not just have them pay out to him, but also have them fix the issue with these power lines running too close to where people are working. Uh, right, which which I would agree with. Yeah. Uh, that that what. What I feel needs to happen is that they need to study this and see if if this is actually the case, if people are actually getting harmed by these power lines. And it sounds like some people called in and said, yeah, they are, and here's the evidence. So that needs to be recognized and put out there so that people will stop putting people in harm's way in terms of this kind of of, uh, malfeasance. And then also, I... The sovereign immunity thing needs to be taken care of. We need to find a way to keep these people from having sovereign immunity. There needs to be a way. And, you know, uh, the good neighbor policy is is a, takes a big steps toward that. When you say sovereign immunity, you mean the government bureaucrats who are administrating these programs essentially can essentially are untouchable as far as lawsuits um, and that right. sort of thing. Not, in other words, uh, if if this gentleman was indeed um, harmed by the people, and and the lawsuit went ahead and they proved that he was harmed, perhaps the warden of the prison would personally have to pay some kind of uh, compensation. Well, now, I know that... Or somebody else that's, you know, in charge of whatever uh, rules were broken. Obviously, we don't have Sam on the show with us tonight uh, from the Obscure Truth Network, uh, but I know that he's talking about possibly going after the individual government employees uh, personally and holding them responsible, not as the warden, but as so-and-so. And so maybe there is some way around that. I don't know what exactly it would be in his case or if it would be applicable, but if you could bring criminal charges somehow against someone for negligence, that might be a possibility. Right. I have no problems with people um, who are harmed and shouldn't have been harmed suing. Um, I, but what I do have a problem with is, uh, as a taxpayer, when they when somebody sues, say, if this was going on in the state of Illinois, and somebody sued, sued the Illinois prison, ultimately I'm paying, and I had nothing to do with it. Good points, Matt. I Thank- wouldn't have put that that guy in that in that position 
but I'm the one that ends up paying. You're responsible. Yep. I thank you for the call. Good points tonight. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Rich in North Carolina. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rich in North Carolina. Going once. Well, I'm here. Hey I'm there. Here. What's yeah. on your mind? Well, actually, a couple of things. You know, when you were talking about um, about uh, the, the government punishing everybody because of the irresponsibility of one or two companies. Yes. I, it, all of a sudden, it dawned on me. When I was in grade school, I remember numerous occasions where the teacher punished the entire class for the actions of one or two unruly I remember that quite well. Usually it would be a situation where someone would do something and then the teacher would say, well, whoever did this needs to speak up or I'm just going to punish the whole class. And in many cases, the, the culprit would not speak up and the whole class would get punished. So, yeah, that's kind of the first place that it happens to most of us. Right. And so now I understand we were being trained for the day when the government would punish everybody for, for the actions of a few. Yeah, so true. But actually, what I called about you—you you mentioned uh, HIV and and AIDS—and and I'd like to tell you a little story. I'm, I met uh, a guy in San Francisco, and then I happened to bump into him in Bali, and he small asked world. Me, yeah, no kidding. And uh, and he said, uh, you know, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm here for a raw food retreat. And he said, oh yeah, I'm big into raw foods. As a matter of fact. About 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with HIV, and I decided to um, take responsibility for my health, and I cleaned up my dietary habits, started eating a lot of raw fruits and vegetables, quit taking drugs and so on, and here I am, alive and well. And he said every single one of his friends and acquaintances who took the prescribed drugs that are supposed to help people with AIDS, they're all dead. And this is a personal uh, experience I had with somebody I actually actually know uh, that I that I hear about time and time and time again where people who are supposedly HIV uh, positive are perfectly healthy until they start taking measures and the more you look into the issue the more doubt there really is that HIV is the cause of AIDS and in any case when you, you ask the question uh, qui bono Right? Who benefits? There's a whole huge, enormous industry. The government and other corporations are benefiting from it big time in terms of control over the people, the research projects that are going on, the grants, the, the medicines that's being, that's being pushed on people and sold. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, would you believe that in Africa there are males of all ages that are being circumcised as a as a means of pre- preventing circumcision it, it sounds believable they do some crazy stuff over there no doubt about it i thank you rich for the call tonight 800-259-9231 we can come back mark you look confused we'll come back with more it's free talk live Talk live only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 800 259 9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we ask you to become an amplifier. Do that by going to amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. And you can get behind this show for three bucks a month. We take that money in. 
reinvest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations across the country, around the world, bringing more Internet listeners on board and spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. As an amplifier, you also get perks to sweeten the deal, like access to the Amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there. Get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com. And join us for the upcoming Liberty Forum in early March, March 5th through the 8th, in Nashville, New Hampshire, at the Crown Plaza Hotel, Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from the entire event, and it'll be just packed full of interesting people for you to meet. People that love liberty as much as you do will be there, and they're big names, too. People like Glenn Jacobs, you might know him as WWE's Kane, David Nolan, the founder of the Libertarian Party, Dr. Mary Ruart, author of Healing Our World, Richard Heller from the Heller vs. D.C. gun case, and so many more still to be announced uh, a number of them have already been announced. You can see them over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. So those people will be speaking. There will be panel discussions, networking opportunities, dinners, luncheons. Uh, there are going to be after-hours parties, inevitably. And lots of stuff goes on. It's a great social networking event, and it's a wonderful Liberty Convention. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to come up here to New Hampshire and experience what it's like to be around hundreds of like-minded people, which is essentially the experience of being involved with the Free State Project and moving up here to New Hampshire to get active for liberty, where you're surrounded by people that think like you do. So it's really a great opportunity to come up, learn more about the Free State Project, meet the people that are involved. A lot of the callers you hear on this show, uh, a lot of the activists here in New Hampshire, m- most of them are going to be in attendance at the upcoming Liberty Forum. So great chance to meet some of those folks. Meet other Free Talk Live listeners as well. There was a significant number of uh, Free Talk Live listeners in attendance both last year and the year before that. So it should be a good time again. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to learn more and get signed up and use our discount code to save 10%, 2009 FTL, 2009 FTL. That saves you 10%. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Uh, so, Mark, you were looking confused about something at the very end of the, the last call. Well, Rich? He, yeah, Rich, Rich had said, and uh, you know, just having a chance to think about it, I, I think I, I may have figured out what he was trying to say, but he had said that uh, there's some African males that are getting circumcised in order to prevent circumcision. However, I think that... He uh, meant... AIDS. Yeah, yeah, meant AIDS. Everybody, when you're talking, it's, yeah. somehow, it's sometimes hard to get your words right. I know that it we flub up a lot on yeah, this It show. happens to me, and I think that Rich is a great caller. He's uh, yeah. you know, articulate and, and quick. And, and his point was basically that he knew somebody that uh, had HIV and was was doing all right while other people had had HIV and were taking sort of the, uh, the, the medical establishment's solution as opposed to maybe some more natural, natural uh, solutions. And he believes that the natural solutions helped keep this friend of his or acquaintance of his healthy while the others were, were dying off as a result of taking uh, the manufactured solutions. There are a lot of people that have uh, a, a, a very strong belief system in the natural solutions, and I, I don't know what's the best. If, I don't know what's the the most effective way to to do things, but I certainly think that going natural, if it works, is, a, is I would think that's a preferable way. I, I'm, I'm no I'm no expert. You know, at these I, things, I don't so. know. Some things make me comfortable. I'm comfortable with the, from the sort of natural healing arena. Some I'm not. Uh, some I'm comfortable with in medicine, and some I'm not. And I think that uh, you know the, those uh, the, there are people in both camps that will uh, say that the others are are fools and yes. that's fine, and it's essentially social Darwinism. Um, the people that take the remedy that doesn't work will, will die. die. <laughs> yeah, that much is true. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Dan in New Hampshire. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Howdy. Hey, what's on your mind, Dan? 
Hey, I had me on for an hour. Uh, listen, I, uh, I want to comment on everything uh, that's that's transpired. I uh, wanted to say that uh, back on the uh, you know testing products for lead paint, the lead paint testers must be way into this one. I'll tell you what, they've got a uh, a great uh, windfall here. Oh yeah, Maybe, this uh, is tremendous business for those people. The, even products that don't have paint on them will be forced to be tested. Yeah. Well, and, and the uh, and their, that representative probably has a big contingent of uh, of uh, labs in his uh, in his constituency or something like Possibly. that. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Or and he's or he's invested the, in them. The uh, the EMF EMF is real easy to defeat. Uh, it just needs uh, some uh, metal shielding, and uh, that's all they would need to do. You know, I mean, you know, what do you do through the power lines or through the uh, the prison or whatever? Obviously, they uh, may know of some damage that was being done, and they wanted to punish this guy for calling out uh, the, uh, you know, errors of their ways and their abusing prisoners or whatever it was he was uh, pointing out about them. I don't know. Was and, he uh, doing that? I just thought he said he was in prison. That. He said that right yes. at the beginning of the conversation. Oh, okay. I missed that. But, uh, that uh, anyways, all the way back to uh, uh, freedom uh, to travel, um, there is a guy who's doing it, who's been doing it, who's been in the, you know, following the same procedure since uh, the 70s. Uh, he calls himself Eric, who are you? I don't know if you've heard of him, but... Uh, I've not. Uh, he basically, he says you gotta get it back to fundamental basics, and it's a very simple thing that the, uh, you know, the powers that the government supposedly is using are powers that are loaned to them from the individuals. This is uh, government, uh, of, by, and for the people. So they say. So they say. Well, I mean, obviously they've gone way beyond because I don't have the power to take your money when you know a whole bunch of us decide to get together and take your money. Uh, you know, I don't have the power to throw you in jail for for you know no harm. I have you know. So I you know basically the government doesn't have these powers either. So you just you just you basically have to stand on that. And uh, and one of the things that he does is uh, uh, you know. You know, the, well, I don't, he, he says he doesn't have a birth certificate, and technically he doesn't. None of us really do. Birth certificate was uh, given to your parents. Uh, you weren't a party to that document, and uh, mm, the fact true. is, is uh, you know, you can't vouch for it. You, you know, your signature isn't on it. It has nothing to do with you. And, uh, and so... But has all of that, a, I mean, this guy you're talking about, has all of that talk saved him from a jail cell and having his car oh, being stolen from him? Absolutely, absolutely. He, he uh, uh, you know, goes to the uh, driver's license bill, says, give me a driver's license, and uh, okay, well, you got a birth certificate. Well, I don't have one. Well, then he can't have a driver's license. And, uh, and then he tells the cops that, and, you know, most of the time the cops leave him alone. Uh, when, when they do charge him with something, uh, goes in the court, and he stands up and says, uh, Your Honor, uh, there is an issue of uh, political jurisdiction, and turns on his heel and walks out, and what? keeps going. What's this guy's name again? Eric, who are you? Eric, who are you? Very it's, interesting. It's H, uh, I mean, W-H-O, the letter R, the letter U. He has a, he has a, a web page. Uh, he's, you know, he's got a, a Yahoo group, which is who are you? 
he's got uh, he's got Eric Who Are You uh, webpage. If you do a search for Eric yeah. Who Are You, you'll get you'll you'll find out. He's I'll also got a solution for the Federal Reserve, but that's a that's a, a whole other. Well, he's getting into something that uh, that would require the agreement of a lot a lot of other people. And, I'll uh, look into it. I, th- I appreciate the heads up on that. If somebody's actually having some real success at this, yeah. uh, always like to hear those stories. And Dan, thanks one for the other, call. One other, mm-hmm. yeah. one other, okay. One other thing. The uh, that back in uh, you know the the IRS went after him, and and he did the same thing with them. And you know, basically the the IRS says, well, you're a uh, an American or a uh, U.S. citizen, and, uh, you know, every U.S. citizen or something, you know, the prosecutor says, and he says, well, uh, you know, I, I'm, there's no evidence in, you know, that I am a U.S. citizen, and basically uh, uh, U.S. citizenship is 14th Amendment citizenship, and uh, there really isn't any evidence that you are that, that it's, you know, it's, it's assumed. Well, what if you signed, and, a, what if you uh, sign an income tax form that states that you're a U.S. citizen? Is that evidence? Well, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's evidence. But if it, if you know, you can refute that evidence. The fact yeah. is, is that you were you misinformed. Under, you were you under coercion, that. right? I mean, when you yeah, signed well, that, you, you weren't fully informed. Good points. Interesting. I'll look into the guy, and I thank you for the uh, the heads up on that. All right. So we were going to get to a story that Julia had about an ice cream man being fined for playing music. I don't know if we'll have time for the details, but what is it? What was it in a nutshell, Julia? What happened? Well, essentially, there's. An ice cream, a guy who owned an ice cream truck, and he got ticketed for playing music too loud is in the middle of the day. I just don't understand what the problem with that is. Isn't that what ice cream trucks are supposed to do? You you can hear them from inside your house. You're supposed yeah. to be able to. That's how kids <laughs> have time to go get change and go outside and buy an ice cream bar. No. I wish we had more time. We don't. We're out. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Actually, we're not here anymore. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.